You're listening to the Rantcast. This time, it's personal. This time, it's in a completely different location. This time, we're not naked. This time, it features a slightly drunk person in the corner of the room. Hello, James Byrne. Hello! He doesn't have a clue what the fuck's going on. But when this is on iTunes, I'm going to download it and show it to him again and again and again. And he can show it to his girlfriend and be like, this is my 30 seconds of fame, love. Yeah, at least 20 people listen to this. That's that, that's like famous. Please don't show my girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I am, as ever, I think, um, I'm Will, and I'm here as quite often with... The lovable fuzzball that is Stuart. I'm not actually here. I'm just a. I'm just an abstract concept. And as we've already mentioned, we've got James Bowen in the corner, who's a bit pissed. He's my housemate, by the way, people. Um, James, house. This is a fucking warehouse compared to. I live in a closet. Hello. Yeah, James, say hello. Hello. James said hello. It's probably really quiet on the audio, but I honestly don't care. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking bastard, right? Um, here, here at the Rankcast, we talk about stuff. Dead babies. Dead babies. Car crashes. Virgin suicides. Um, but we also talk about geeky stuff. Geeky stuff is everything that matters. Because I've forgotten the thing that I wrote for the first ever episode, but Stuart probably remembers. I rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. This is the rank cast. Today. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the rank cast. We discuss geeky stuff, not just your normal geeky stuff, mind you. The geeky stuff that makes everything better. And that was the first time that I didn't change it and make some rape joke like I usually do on every one of these. Yeah. Well, um, this is this is for you, Tegan Henry of of Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> I'm Teague I'm Teague Shepard I'm from Brisbane off put another shrimp on the barbie and tie your kangaroo down sport Rolf Harris is my icon we should go and watch Carly Minogue Jason Donovan he had a bit of Carly Minogue lucky bastard that's my Rolf Harris impression Stuart Oh, no, you're not Stuart. You're Henry. Henry Montgomery. In jokes. It's what alienates new listeners. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Anyway. We love you. We love you. We love you. Because you're the only two people who've actually contacted us to say that you like us. That's why we have to reference you every time. They become they're becoming a running joke. They're on you, running joke. Do you know why? Because Stephen Spinks doesn't listen. <laughs> oh god! If you're listening, first running joke. Yeah, we've had like we, we need to stop treating people as cattle and using them as our running joke. Do you remember when you gave like it was my idea, but you gave Scarlet for her birthday? 
you gave her the pilot episode of a disc for her birthday. Oh god, I remember. I remember that actually. Like you gave me the card because um, I got invited to Scarlett's birthday party, and I hadn't bought her a card or a present. So you gave me a card to give to her and the CD as the idea because you said you'd found something better. So I wrote inside the card. I didn't buy this card or the present. I just wrote my name in it. <laughs> <laughs> that shows commitment. I just bought her a ticket to go and see Harry Potter. <laughs> we give a shit about people, we sure do. Anyway, you're listening to Will and Stu's Rantcast. We talk about geeky stuff, apparently, despite the fact we haven't talked about geeky... What was the last geeky thing that we talked about? Your mum. <laughs> Stacy's mum has got it going She's all I want, and I win it so... <laughs> I'm in. You're not the girl for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacey's sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not even sure whether I have to edit this out. So, note to future me. Note to future me, who's editing this. Message Will and ask him, she, she "Do we does have have big knockers?" Oh, well, they're wasted on that goon. Um, whoever this Stacy's sister person is, I apologise for inciting this internet bullying. Um, it's not internet bullying; it's an internet internet compliment. It's an internet bully of her brother, of her brother, <laughs> of, her, of her boyfriend. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad. What? I'm not even following anything anymore. I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just glad that I achieved the thing that I hope to achieve every episode and make Will sing something. Huh? I just laughed and tea came out of my nose. <laughs> this is the kind of thing we do. My first, my first idea, because um, this this episode, what we had was Will was going to suggest some subjects and I was going to suggest some subjects. And what I wanted him to do was, there's this artist out there called Nicki Minaj. And I was recently trolled by someone sending me a video for her song called Stupid Ho. And I was going to try and force Will to speak the lyrics for me. Because I think it would be quite funny for him to do it in his most upright Shakespearean accent ever. If you've got the lyrics, I'll do it. But I'm not looking them up. Yeah, I failed on that because I didn't have any printer credit. And you have a soul. And I have a soul, yes. I'd be cracking like a bear bag. We're recording live from um, my uh, bedroom at uni. Your fucking warehouse! I have a closet! Yeah, right, that's going to be a new running joke as well. I... Fucking, I am, I am Harry Potter of uni, like you said, seriously. <laughs> yeah, you are. But um, we've just come back um, from my birthday dinner, um, which was very nice. Stuart met some new people. James met some new people. James met Stuart. <laughs> Stuart met James. Yeah, fun was had. I don't remember any of these people's names. I was just like looking around the table. Occasionally, people say things to me. I'm like, ah, response. I can't remember your name. See, but you were having fun talking to James, so that was all right. Yeah. Hi, James. What do you think? I was a bit too drunk to think. Too right. Anyway, <laughs> on to the geeky stuff. Right. Um, it's going to be sort of a mishmash thing today because I. Will and Stu, Nerd Off 2012. Yeah, I hate fucking structure. Um, I suppose we better start with 
things we've watched recently. As Stuart's already aware, because I've mentioned it a couple of times today. <laughs> today, I watched Buffy Season 3. Well, this weekend, I watched Buffy Season 3 all the way through, and um, it's got to be one of the best years of television ever. We have known it since 1999 when it was broadcast. 1998, but okay. Um, 1998 and 99. But um, do you remember? Do you remember when I could recite every episode of Buffy? Yeah, I remember that. It was during a PE lesson when we were playing Rounders, and we couldn't be bothered to actually play it because Rounders is the most pointless game ever. Do you want me to recite every episode of Buffy? Please don't. I wasted at least. Oh god, you've done it. You did it so many times during years nine and eleven. But do you know what though? I've never done it on the show. Here we go. Stuart is not proud to present. He is going to go over there and shoot himself while Will recites every episode of Buffy in order from season one to season seven. From memory. Yeah. Um. Here's this awful thing. I'm going to go and bash my head against that. Season one. Welcome to the Hellmouth. The Harvest, which teacher's pet, never kill a boy on the first date, The Pack, Angel, I Robot You Jane, The Puppet Show, Nightmares, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, Prophecy Girl, Season 2, When She Was Bad, Some Assembly Required, School Hard, Inca Mummy Girl, Reptile Boy, Halloween. If you finish this, I will piss in your mouth. I am not kidding. I don't care how gay it is. The Dark Age. What's my line? What's my line part two? Ted. Bad eggs. Surprise. Innocence. Phases. Bewitched, bothered and bewildered. Passion. Killed by death. I only have eyes for you. Go fish. (laughs) Becoming. Becoming part two. Season three. And Dead Man's Party, Faith, Hope and Trick, Beauty and the Beasts, Homecoming, Band Candy, Revelations, Lover's Walk, The Wish, Amends, Gingerbread, Helpless, The <laughs> Bad Girls, Consequences, Doppelgangland, Enemies, Earshot. <laughs> Hooray, we've confused him. Now, let's talk about something else. <laughs> the prom. <laughs> graduation day, graduation day part two. I've sort of shown it there, I don't know. You were only on season three. We managed to just... Dist- about the vacuums. With vacuums in it. What, oversexed rug suckers from yes, Mars. That's amazing. Okay, okay. Tegan Henry, if you are, in fact, the only people listening, which I assume you are, you will probably be aware of the fact that there is a movie about vacuum cleaners that rape people. Now, anyone else that's listening, if you if you listen to this show on a regular basis and you have just heard the fact that there is a movie about vacuum cleaners raping people and you do not want to watch it, turn off now. Seriously. Claymation aliens that say, I know, let's make a vacuum cleaner have sex with a human. And you don't want to watch this. There's something wrong with you. I don't want to watch it. Sir, (laughs) as I said earlier, I will piss in your mouth. Cool. Anyway, we're on a... I just just accidentally turned on his PlayStation controller. Um, Will, do you want to talk about Buffy or something? Um, Yeah, I'll talk about Buffy... 
No, we don't mention her. Um, right. If you... Because I've got a task for you. Um, Stuart is going to... Welcome to the Randcast, the place of fun and games. While, while we record, Stuart is going to have a go at the Rayman Origins demo. While we record, just to see if he can actually do it. Because <laughs> it took me and James Bowen a couple of goes. Um... Well, you're talking to a man that has almost completed the first Rayman game, one of the hardest things you will ever do. It's not a game, it's a blood sport, seriously. This one's harder. Really? I was shitting blood after Candyland. Like, that's, ni- that's nice and fluffy, yes, but just, it, it, com- it completely fucks with your head. Right, sit down. Right. Yeah, so Stuart's going to play Rayman. Um, I suppose I'm going to talk about Rayman Origins while he's playing it. Um, it's the latest Rayman game. It's out on all the consoles. Um, it's got the design style of the original game, Press X. It's got the design style of the original game, and it's um, 2D. It's a 2D platformer, which is a rare thing now. It copies a lot from um, Super Mario Bros., the, new, the latest one on um, Wii. But you don't want to be that character. You want to go back and be Rayman. Yeah, run. Yeah. Um, so Stuart's playing the demo. He's just started. And yeah, right. And Stuart died straight away. <laughs> Right, it, sit on the thing. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Stuart's going for it. Right. Yeah, keep going. And he defeated the enemy that killed him with one punch. Showing how easy it actually was. And now he's going for it. He's doing quite well. He's, uh, oh, he's done another bad guy. Him. Oh, he's jumped on a platform. There's a collectible thing down there, and some... Oh, he nearly did it. He nearly did the bit that completely got... So, how, what do you Rain think? Man. friggin' hardest game in the world. Rayman Origin? Yes. Yeah. James has played the first one, but yes. Compared to Crush Bandicoot, it's the hardest game. Crush Bandicoot's easy, though. Mm, cool. no, well, the first island, I'm talking about the first one, the first island is easy, but then it's harder. It gets harder, yes. Yeah. By the time you get to the ones that are in the dark, they're fucking difficult. Yeah, definitely. But Rayman is the hardest game ever. Yeah, he's just killed a bunch of them. Um, Stuart, if you jump up and go to the left-hand side... Oh, look, you found a secret area. You need to beat all of them to unlock the thing, so... You can use that bouncy thing as well. The thing over the right-hand side that's moving can bounce you up. Stuart's doing quite well, don't you think? I do, actually. It's almost, yes. like, it's almost like he plays games professionally. Yeah, he plays them too much, I think. He hasn't, he hasn't actually got a PlayStation at home at the moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 
not well. The first level was you're about halfway through the first level. So just keep going. Once you complete the first level, we'll get your opinions on it. Because okay. as much as I'm sure you'd like to do the mosquito level, but so much fun. Yeah, the mosquito level in this one is just as difficult. But um, yeah, you want to avoid going in the water, by the way, because there's something in there that grabs you. Yeah, well, I thought you, I thought you were totally stupid, but that's just my problem. Shit, shit! Oh, you're dead. Did you expect him to die again? That that was my thought exactly. Oh no. Right. I wonder if he'll do it this time. Yeah, I think Or if he's just gonna completely ignore it. <laughs> no, no, he went for it. Yeah. No, you meant to go No no, you're dead. What you gotta do is you gotta go onto that higher platform and do the wall jump thing. No, no, the right. Uh, get back there, and I'll tell you what you gotta do. What? I just text one of my mate two DJs at the clubs, yeah. and I just put like six kisses to the guy. He just put thanks, mate, for the kisses. Right, jump up, right, and then jump onto that wall and bounce like that. I only usually put one kiss to friends, but I put four. That means like I'm attracted to them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you send me more than four kisses? I send you two, mate, which means I'm kind of in a, I'm getting to know you. (laughs) (laughs) So it means I... You wouldn't wouldn't protest if I took my clothes off? No, I wouldn't, definitely not. <laughs> Will has big man moobs that are amazing. I do. They're they're full of milk. They're full of something. <laughs> I'm not sure it's milk though. Full of sexual tension. <laughs> full of what? Sexual tension. <laughs> oh, we should have you on the show more often. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart thinks it would be the most controversial thing on the internet. I'm inclined to agree. I agree. <laughs> and the internet has a lot of porn on it. Unless you didn't find it. I actually think Will is more of a murderer than Stuart. You what? I think Will is more of a murderer than Stuart. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I agree. Mm. <laughs> you can go in the water there. But you want to boi- avoid getting hit. Yes, I know that. That's the point of the game. <laughs> <laughs> At least you've got infinite lives. Which is something they... Um, that I know. And, and you were like, oh, it's going to be rubbish when I mentioned it to you. You got one guy left up top left corner. And he's about to do a great dance. 
So, now comes the part where Stuart tells us what he thought of the game. I want to cry. <laughs> Seriously, it's like my childhood in a cuddly little screen, that. Because Rayman 2 is possibly my favourite game ever, which is a bit of an overstatement because it's a completely stupid game about a superhero who has no arms and no legs but hands and feet, strangely, and it's about killer robot pirates from another world and it's taken way too fucking seriously. But this one is like... I didn't like the first one as much when I first played it. Okay, I'm kind of more intrigued about this than Rayman anymore. That's Richard Ems. He's our comic book guy. Yeah. Well, he he was until Will betrayed him and started going to another comic book shop on the grounds of being in a different, completely different part of the world. Um, <laughs> I like how you describe comic book guys as fucking going to another one. is a fucking slug. Which is kind of like how it works, because there's like one comic book guy for every three cities in um, in the United Kingdom. Except for back home where we've got one in St Albans and one in Stevenage, and at one point we have one in Hitchin as well. Will <laughs> Just what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I'll bleep her name, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I love that you're already planning this in your head. I have to plan, I'm an editor. What the fuck do you expect me to do? Anyway, you two talk about, I don't know, some... some I don't know, you, you two talk about some gay shit that I don't care about and I'm going to go for a piss. Who's going to touch the microphone first? Oh, me. Hey, kids. I want to finger your bum holes. <laughs> so, um... What else should we talk about? We've got... We're going to talk about Rayman. Um... The first arc of Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing uh, wrapped up last week. And I've got to say, in the space of seven issues, there's, um, in, in the space of seven issues, Snyder has taken the idea of Swamp Thing, who has always been, yeah, he's had character, he's been the man trapped in the body of the monster and we've finally been introduced to the man and given like explanations on him <sighs> oh my god that's not even related to turn off the light I don't even know what that means and you seen um, what should we call it um, take me out no but anyway right so, the story, we've met Alec Holland, and we've learnt about him as a character, and it's only towards the, it's only at the end that he's turned into, can I finish speaking before you two interrupt? Right, okay, Swamp Thing, we've been introduced to Alec Holland as a character for the first time, and he's only, he only becomes Swamp Thing at the end of the story, and it's... It, well, it's been a good series, but issue seven, where he turned Swamp Thing, might be one of the single best issues of a comic book I've read in my time of reading comics. It, that one issue alone is better than any of the issues of Alan Moore's run, which is my favourite comic book run of all time. 
Um, and at the same time, it does a lot of things that the worst issue of Scott Snyder's run has done, um, which was issue two, which just... Ex- which, yes, we do swear. Um, which expanded on lots of the ideas and re-established things for new readers and was very wordy. This one's very wordy, but at the same time, it feels almost like you're looking at a spread rather than comic pages so like the images are larger and that that having the text explain things rather than have word balloons is a very good idea and when you get the internal monologue Alec Holland and when he starts to become Swamp Thing again it goes from being a green box to being an orange box to sort of show the slow as he's like and so it starts to change colour as you're going through the word balloons and so you start to see the evolution in the details as well and it's one of the most beautiful comic books I've read in a very long time and it seems to have been getting overwhelming praise online it's the first comic IGN gave a 10 out of 10 in about 6 months and it's also um, it was the iFanboy pick of the week and it was mentioned on loads of things but um at the same time, while it is that perfect, it's not as good as Batman number five, which I hold up as one of the, which is every year or so an issue of Batman comes out that just completely blows everything else out, or that blows, like sets the benchmark for that year of Batman. And issue five was that you have Batman trapped in a maze, driven to do horrible things he was starved and also he was doing being tormented and mentally tortured and the issue started to twist around and twist your perceptions of things and then the villain caught up to batman got out a huge knife and stuck it through his stomach in one of the most brutal twists i've seen in the world and while obviously Batman's not going to die, they've got a big blockbuster coming out very soon. Um, that is one of the most powerful comics I've read in a long time. And it's taken the prize from the um, other Batman comics of the last few years, which, cause as I say, every year or so, there's a new one that comes out and takes the crown. Um, this one deserves it and it almost makes me want to write a blog piece on all of the Batman ones that take the crown every year because it's just so... It just shows how much these writers want to make their work better than what's come before, which is just staggering that they're managing to do it, especially as Batman is now, I think this year, Batman is 73 years old. 73... um, 19, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 90 naughty. Uh, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, 73 years old this year. Um, Stuart can edit that out because, of course, I know exactly how old Batman is. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, no. But then I know so much about Batman comics, I suppose it doesn't really matter if I get muddled up on how old he is but yeah anyway so Stuart you talk about something now do you want to read these Batman Swamp Thing stories no why not 
because I can't be bothered. I was just going to ask you, has there ever been a porno based on Swamp Thing? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> it would make for some of the freakiest shit ever. I know... what Alan Moore's run is very famous for having an issue that I had on my I have on my phone I had on my phone um where swamp thing falls in love or the woman the woman Abigail Arcane falls in love with swamp thing and he falls in love with her and they can't have sex because obviously he has insects living inside him so that's a little bit weird and they ha- they kiss and he grows a special fruit on him that sh- he gives her to eat he grows it every week or so and gives it to her to eat. She eats it and it makes her like have like it. It basically sends her on an acid trip, but that acid trip gives her multiple orgasms. Oh, that is fucking amazing! Um, and that's his joy is seeing her happy from the result of this, which is really weird. Which was a good idea in Scott Snyder's one where that Alec Holland was human to start with, because they sort of set up their relationship, and then they twisted that around by killing them both off. And then he's become Swamp Thing and she's become the avatar of the evil. So they're going to be at war with each other for the next year or so. Okay. You're kind... The weirdest porn you've ever watched, Will, but this... let's get on that. That's not really geeky stuff, but I was going to say... I was going to say you're kind of deliberately avoiding the question, Will, since apparently you have watched a porn which is a monkey having sex with a dog. Yeah, we'll, we'll get off the porn subject. Yeah, there's actually there's actually a Turkish I think it's Turkish porn version of Batman in which they couldn't afford a Batmobile they couldn't just like <laughs> they couldn't afford a car for him to go around in so they have Batman on a bicycle a porn version of Batman in which Batman rides a bicycle I've actually seen a porno of uh, Scooby Doo no joke where Valmer is getting done by Freddy. Okay, that's too far. We do not go into the realm of Scooby-Doo and porn. I've seen a Scooby-Doo porno where um, Shaggy is being fucked by Scooby. Stop ruining my childhood, you cunts. Um, anyway. There's a version of Peanuts where Snoopy fucks Sally. No, 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 not, not going there. Not not fucking going there. Um, uh, um, other subjects. Recently, uh, Will, you went to see The Phantom Menace 3D in cinemas. And you enjoyed it. Talk about that. Well, I know loads of people hate The Phantom Menace, and I hate... uh, I don't like it. I don't have as major problem with it as a lot of people. I can still watch it and enjoy it for the stupidity and nostalgia. Um, But at the same time... um, And he's playing as Globox, your favourite character. But... um, and it's quite hilarious when you play the mosquito level that he's about to play yeah. as Glowbox. Um, you don't go on top of it, but watch what happens. Because um, I'm sorry, listeners, this makes for excellent radio. He pick he picks you up and you shoot stuff out of your mouth instead. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, I I have no real problems with um, the Phantom Menace. I I understand it's. I, I know that Stuart does and that he's ready for a rant and I know that it's not it's it's not a good film. It's not a good film. It's really not a good film. It's an awful film. But at the same time at the same time I enjoy and people have said to me, Do you enjoy everything you enjoyed when you were eight? And it's like, Well I enjoy a lot of 
most of the things I liked when I was eight. Toy Story 2 came out when I was eight. I liked Pokemon when I was eight. Despite not liking Pokemon, I admit that Pokemon, the first movie, at least well, had elements that were okay. But we're not talking about Pokemon. Um, Star Wars, yes, it's not good. Yes, there are loads and loads and loads of problems with it. But at the same time, I didn't pay for the ticket. Um, <laughs> That's the only justification. You didn't tell me that, actually. I was I was looking at you and going, I pity you until you just told me that you didn't pay for the ticket. So that makes it okay. My cousin paid for the ticket, and I sat the fool. If you're listening to this Will's cousin, what's his name? Simon. If you're listening to this Simon, you fool. And I was making fun of it for the first 15 minutes, and he told, and he turned to me and said, if you carry on making fun of it, I'll tell those people behind us that you're making fun of it, and they'll have a go at you, because there were four Star Wars geeks behind us. What he didn't realise is that they weren't laughing at the funny Jar Jar jokes, they were actually laughing at how shit the film was. That's true. If, if you're a proper Star Wars geek, and you like Phantom Menace, even just a tiny bit... Hang yourself. I'm a proper Star Wars geek, and I like Phantom Menace a tiny bit. Oh, I don't... I don't... As I've said, most of my enjoyment of the Phantom Menace is based on... Well, Darth Maul. But being eight when it came out, remembering it coming out... The pod race is a decent action scene. It goes on a bit too long, but it's a decent action scene. But the way it's placed, you're drained of energy by the time you reach the end of that, so you've not really got the energy to keep going. The plot is ridiculously flimsy. The lightsaber duel is pretty cool. But at the same time, it dawns on me that the best sort of lightsaber duels are the ones from um, the old films where there's not really much of a fight. It's more about the characters. Um... Now comes the part that I that Stuart hasn't anticipated. Neither has the person sitting next to me. James, you don't like the original trilogy at all. Why? Because it's boring. We've established today that James is retarded. So. I can totally see why he doesn't like them, though. But that's because he's part of the generation that well we're all part of the same generation but he's part of the marketing group that they're aiming the prequels at the ones who want big loud action yes whereas we want story and stuff that actually isn't shit well Do you like the transformers films no right okay that's the floor in my argument <laughs> complete floor in your argument um star wars i I enjoyed all three of the prequels when they first were released in cinemas. The Phantom Menace, I will say, I was eight. Kids are retarded. That's kind of the point. And I was like, okay, okay, I like it. It's the fan- It's Star Wars. It's got something with Star Wars in it. And when the Attack of the Clones came out, I wasn't really paying that much attention at the time. I was 12 years old. I was into Harry Potter, whatever. I saw Attack of the Clones. I liked it on the grounds of retarded. And I saw the Revenge of the Sith and, like... I was anticipating it, yes, mostly off the back of Will going, oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith, it's going to be really good. And to the point where he fucking took the day off school because he wanted to go and see the midnight showing and got sick from the popcorn, apparently. No, I was told I could... uh, My my dad was more like, 
um, my dad, I, I, I was willing to go into school, but my dad was like, no, because you'll be too tired. And then um, I got a phone call from Neil, you know Neil, um, and Neil wanted to take us out of school to go watch it. <laughs> So I could have gone to see it again, but my mum and dad told him I'd already seen it, so he didn't want to take me to go and see it again. Um, even though that I really wanted to go and see it again. Um, yeah. Well, Will, it was 2,400 years ago. You can say whatever about it now. Um, yeah, I saw Revenge of the Sith, and everyone was saying, oh, yeah, it's really good, it's really dark. And 15-year-old me was like, yeah, I really li- I like really dark stuff. I watch loads of horror films, and I was just... I liked Revenge of the Sith when it first came out, and then, like, a year later, I was still trying to make my mind up on it, so I borrowed all the DVDs from you, and I watched them again, and it's just like... Everything looks like it's made out of Lego. That's why That's why George Lucas had such a massive deal with um, Lego Star Wars, because all the CGI in it looks like Lego. And it makes it so hard to take it seriously. When they're going... When they're going yeah, he needs to kill the chili, apparently. This game's awesome, um, unlike Star Wars prequel films. Um, just, just the Phantom Menace. I don't get it. I don't get why people have been giving the 3D version good reviews. Why have been? I didn't think that this was going to happen. I was saying to myself. When, when they announced when they announced Phantom Menace 3D 2012, I was thinking, who's going to see that? Phantom Menace is the most legendarily disappointing movie in the whole of history. Who is going to go see that in cinemas? Fucking kids who like are retarded and go, yeah, I like Jar Jar, which admittedly I did when I was a kid, and admittedly it's nostalgia, but fucking two points. Um, every kid I know who had never seen Star Wars before who went got taken to see it um, was fucking bored out of their minds uh, because it's a boring film whereas the original Star Wars you've got the action right from the start and you've got the interesting characters everyone loves Han Solo um, also this film made more money or the re-release made um, like hundreds of thousands it's made much more than they expected it to make um, it justified releasing the other five over the next five years. Um, but also, it's um, earned more... It earned more in its first weekend than John Carter of Mars that came out this last weekend, which is a ten times better film but isn't and inspired Star Wars, but isn't doing well at all because... And it's brand new. Because of the marketing not making it... Or people thinking it's a Star Wars rip-off. When really the story's inspired Star Wars. Well, true. I don't really know a whole lot about John Carter Mars, but still, it's fucking Phantom Menace. This is legendary. The awfulness of it just. There are so many levels of it that if you're just sort of like sitting, like, yeah, it's just a movie, let's just go with it, you don't notice the fact that there's no real protagonist, no real tension at all. Like, like you were saying, like the pod race. What is at stake in this scene? I don't know, and I don't really care. It's like they're gonna—they're right. They're gonna let the slaves free. They're gonna—they're gonna get Anakin. But why can't—why can't he? Why can't he agree to um, get the uh, 
to uh, get Anakin's mother as well, and why don't they go back for ten years? I don't know. Plus, there's this other extraneous scene where they try like try and up the stake for the ship and shit, shit like that, and it's just like I don't care. In what way is this stuff? What do I care about? Who is my main character? Define it. And like with the ending start lightsaber battle, it's just it looks like a fucking music video. It's meant to be Star Wars. It's meant to have tension. I'm meant to give a shit. And then at the same time, you've got the fact that the whole plot is based on galactic tra- intergalactic trade. That is that is true. I thought it was weird having the first film based around fucking nothing. The second film was basically Romeo and Juliet, and the last film was basically Faust. How you set it up. Obi-Wan crash lands on Tatooine at the start. He's being pursued by Sith agent agents. Because there's no way the Sith could win if there's only two of them. Right? So he's pursued by Sith agents. Um... And while he's on Tatooine, he meets Luke Skywalker. They, oh no, not Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker. They go off on an adventure together. Um, Anakin starts training to become a Jedi. But Anakin starts training to be a Jedi as an adult. So, which sort of, or like you, you set it up so they're already Jedi partners and Anakin's following him there to rescue him. You have Obi-Wan be the central figure of the first film, because you need to establish his relationship with Anakin. You have them be actual proper friends, rather than having them introduced to each other, and Obi-Wan constantly going on about him being dangerous, and then in the next one, they've been friends for ten years, but we never actually see any evidence of that, because they're already arguing. But you set all that up. You can have the big lightsaber duel. You can have your pod race in some some form. But the integral thing is to introduce is to set up Obi Wan, Anakin, and um, Anadala, or whoever she would be. You can also have Yoda in it. You can have Mace Windu in it if you really have to. But the only important characters are Yoda. And you can also have, if you really want to, R2-D2 and C-3PO, who are totally unnecessary. But at the same time, you have them belong to Antilles, who they say they belong to. Um, Our last master was Captain Antilles. But um, as he says he was owned by Obi-Wan, maybe R2-D2 is Obi-Wan's droid. But anyway, so you have Obi-Wan and Anakin on adventures, doing things, and then... Over the course of the first two films, you can have Anakin be an amazing good Jedi, and then in the last couple of minutes of the second one, you start to hint that maybe he's got darker intentions, and then he's slowly corrupted over the course of the first half of the next of the next film to turn to the dark side. You don't have him turn out of nowhere for love, and then you also don't. say that he was a a really good, nice man and then have him slaughter a whole tribe of people like he does in Attack of the Clones. It's ridiculous. It's poor planning on George Lucas's part. I I could have written better at the age of seven. In fact, I did write better at the age of seven. Like... I don't care how you do it. You can you can basically do Star Wars in any way, shape or form and people will like it. Just... 
what you've got to do is make sure that people give a crap. Because I don't give a crap about them having a pod craze. I don't give a crap about them fighting Darth Maul. I don't give a crap about the love between Anakin and Amidala. You don't even need to have Anakin as a main character. You just need to say, he was a Jedi, he was wise, he was a good man, and he got corrupted and go to the dark side. You don't need to do any you of... Don't need, you don't need him to be a central figure. Not really. Especially not space Jesus like those. So, but sh- should we get off Star Wars? Because it's basically all been said by this oh, point. But... Just note to everyone, do not go see Attack of the Clones next year. If Phantom Menace is bad, a toy commercial is worse. But I do recommend going and seeing the original trilogy, um, and possibly Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is, at the very least, tolerable. I disagree with that, looking back now, because at the time I was like, yeah, dark things just I find I find it a bit flimsy dark doesn't make good especially especially when it's dark compared to Empire Strikes Back which is dark and does it well and sophisticated yeah should, should we get off Star Wars you you throw out a topic Will um Best cartoons we've watched by James Bowen. Okay. Um, recently, I watched a Japanese hentai film called Urotijizib. I don't even know how to fucking pronounce the name. Um, it's the most legendary Japanese hentai film out there. It's Legend of the Overfiend. That's the subtitle. Um, it's the film that has um, monster tentacles that look like penises raping a girl. Now, I'm not a man that likes anime. I'll watch a couple of bits of it, but when you tell me that there is something out there in which monster tentacles that look like penises rape a girl, and then suddenly we're back in reality again, just, like, craziness defined. It's like, this this, this makes no sense. It's like reality is folding in on itself. Vaginas enter themselves, and fucking dogs and cats have sex with each other, and I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Mass hysteria. <laughs> well, what's the best cartoon you've ever seen? Batman animated animated series. That's what everyone says. Something different. The the new adventures of Batman the animated series. Oh my fucking god. Something that isn't Batman. Justice League the animated series. Oh my Something god. that isn't based on superheroes. Um Johnny Bravo. Excellent choice. Oh, 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 Powerpuff Girls. Mine, mine would oh, have to oh, be oh. Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Dragon would you like to talk to us about Dragon Ball Z, James Byrne? It's the best cartoon ever. It's gotta be. You are really relying on him actually knowing what he's talking about as well. Will, I don't know what I'm talking about. We've done like 20 oh, 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 odd episodes. Oh, 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 oh. Um. Oh fucking hell! Uh, well, you've lost your mind. Yeah. Spawn. Exactly. Oh god. Spawn. Fucking. This show dominated my life for so long because, like, I was. You can't get hold of it anywhere. It's like fifty quid for fucking three. You. Give it back already, you bitch. Yeah, it's over there. If you want it. Oh, cheers. Am I dead? Yes, you're dead. Well, <laughs> this is like. Ah! This is not real. Um, 
So, the cancellation of skins. Yay! Do you want to talk about your thoughts on skins, Will? Cause, no. Um, alright, I personally hated every single minute of skins. Like, even season one and two, which people really, really like for some reason. Um, yeah, basically, ba basically, you, Will, you were going on about the whole rape scenario from season one being a really good hour of television. It, I ha it always has to come back to rape with me, doesn't it? I think I need help. It is a, re a really good hour of television. Um, box. You need to see where the Doctor Who thing is, or Soprano. It's at the bottom. Right at the bottom. But, uh, <laughs> talk about rape. Um, yeah, it's got moments of... Um, genius. It's the idea of Ugh. it's the idea of tension of having um, there be a threat to this girl and um, it's uh, her brother's fault and he's trying to rectify it and it gets really trippy and weird and s fucked up. But then obviously it's not one of the best hours of television but I quite enjoy it and it's one of my highlights of skins um one of the few episodes that i would recommend to anyone but, but at the same time it's not it's not perfect it it's it's acceptable television i have a few questions about the setup though because i've asked several people and none of them have been able to explain this to me okay so we get to the position of where tony is being made to have sex with his sister which is weird. Comedy or drama? Define yourself, show. Um, so we get to this. So we get to this point where Tony has to have sex with his sister because this guy is forcing him to. Because he gave oral sex to Maxie because he decided, "Hey, I'm in a different country. Let's decide to be gay." Yeah, I'm sure that's how sexuality works. So he cheats on his girlfriend with a man, and so his girlfriend, so they break up, and so his girlfriend starts going out with this guy who is depressed and is on medication for it, and so they they break up because Tony, who's having sex with someone else now, decides to steal the guy's phone and make it look like the guy is having sex with his sister. Right. So Michelle immediately believes this and breaks up with this guy. And she and all of her friends are telling him, are telling her, don't answer the phone, don't listen to what he has to say, don't question what if he didn't do it. She basically becomes a walking plot convenience who's just saying like, well, he was depressed, he was on medication, maybe that's just what depressed people do. Maybe they do have sex with their sisters. Fuck you, you cunt. Seriously. This is not how life works. And then, like, so it leads up to the guy actually being crazy and making Tony have sex with his sister. Do I give a crap? Everything you have done throughout this show has made me like a couple of the other characters, but think that Tony is the biggest arsehole ever. And then when it gets to the point where, like, his sister's in hospital and his parents are going, I bet it was your drugs, Tony. I've had enough with this. And Sid's like, no, what is your deal, man? It wasn't Tony's fault that they tried to make him have sex with his sister. Do I give a crap? Yeah. 
Am I really meant to give a crap that Tony is being chewed out by his parents? Because it was his fault. And then the whole fucking them singing along to this song at the end of it are just like, what is this show? What What is it? You completed the demo of Rayman Origins. I want this game. Um, yeah, so what is it, Will? Tell me. Um... He's not even sure if he's alive anymore. Um, so, yeah, um, rape. Um, that, that's something interesting. <laughs> God, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Someone else speak, please. My head is filled with sugar. Let's talk about James's girlfriend. Let's get Stuart. And Will's opinion on the most fucked up film they've watched. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, here we go. Stuart first, Stuart first. The Adventures of Milo and Otis. Oh, fucking hell. This is... Nostalgia Chick did that last week. Yeah, I know, yeah. I had heard of this film beforehand. It's like, basically, an American recut of this Japanese film with with a uh, voiceover by Dudley Moore, who's basically just watching these... Of these um, images of these cute videos of these cute animals doing things and making up a voiceover like here comes a dog and the dog and the cat went on adventures and things like that it's just like Dudley Moore being awesome because Dudley Moore is awesome we all know that by the way but you watch the Japanese version of this film and there's some really fucked up stuff there like a cat being thrown off a cliff and like some pu- and like some puppies doing these th- and, and like some puppies playing around with a bear and you're just like Okay, were these animals really under direct supervision? And apparently this film was investigated because of um, alleged um, animal rights abuse. But they couldn't find anything. Nothing on it. Nothing about how this film was actually made. There's nothing on the internet. You search for the name of the director of this film. You can't find any evidence that this film was actually made, apart from the film itself. That's fucking creepy, that is. So how many cats and dogs... So how many cats and dogs actually died during the making of this film? We will never know. That's fucked up. Yes, a Serbian film is fucked up, because apparently someone... Because in a Serbian film, there's fucking newborn porn in it, but this is real. This was real, and we can't find anything else about it. Um, Yeah, Will, fucked up film. (laughs) Mine's... Mine's tame. Um, it's a little tease because Teague and Henry are going to get a whole fucking episode about this. Um, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. We're not, we're not discussing it, we're saving it for a full dissection. I'll just say fucking odd sex scene imprinting oh evil dead evil dead is hilarious evil dead is on netflix and we'll have to watch it at one point because it's a comedy the first one's creepy but the, the second one gets funny and the third one is just called Army of Darkness because there's no point calling it Evil Dead because it's not a horror film anymore. What about that one where that woman hits that guy's feet? 
Oh, Misery. Stuart, you like Misery. Oh, yeah. yeah misery, misery's fucking great, but you, you don't see it. It cuts away. Misery, it's it's the bit... You know, you see one of the feet crack. You hear what... You hear, like, the worst of it, but you see the foot, like, bent around the thing. Um, but the... Um, that film upsets me and Stuart for different reasons because there's a bit where he's written this novel which he thinks is the greatest novel ever and she says it's really good but it's not part of his series because he's like a famous author, right? It's like, it's not, think Harry, think Harry Potter but not the same, it's not the same genre at all. And he kills her, the character off at the end of his latest book and this woman who's rescued him from a car crash is an obsessive fan and when she, but she's obsessed with the character. So when she gets to the end of the book and he's killed her, it's like you killed the, you killed her, you fuck, you killed her. Um, and so she wants him to write a sequel where she comes back to life and does everything that she wants the character to do. So he starts to, or he's forced into writing that. But to make sure that he does it and that he understands that this is what he should do with his life she gets the book that he's just finished writing which he's got only one copy of and as far as he's concerned it's the best thing he's ever written and she puts it on a barbecue and makes him light the match and burn the only copy of his masterpiece um like which you get a writer to burn their own shit and that's that's evil that's that's that i can't watch that bit Watch. There's another bit, Wonder Boys, which is one of the funniest films I, I own. There's a bit where his editor is a bit drunk, and drops the manuscript, like the only copy of his book that he spent the last two hours of the film trying to write, and he's finally finished it, and his editor drops it while reading it at the at the beach, and it blows out to sea, and that that hurts me as well. You see, it's. You see, the whole thing about misery and him and her making him burn the manuscript has kind of not stood the test of time since the invention of computers. Because I've written scripts and forgotten to save them, and then Microsoft Word has crashed, and then the ensuing rampage that I go on, people don't like to talk to me anymore because of it. Walt Disney sponsors rape talk since 2009. Oh, I would talk about rape with James Burton all the time. There's... What was the other film you were on about where the guy chopped off that other guy's ear and he was, like, singing along? Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir yeah, Dogs. Stuart, talk about Reservoir Dogs. Um, I hold very, very serious, very, very serious um, grudge against Eli Roth, uh, against um, Quentin Tarantino for discovering Eli Roth. That's all I'm going to say on the subject of Reservoir Dogs. I don't know what Will's doing. Um, yeah, basically, Eli, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he has great ideas. He homages way too much. But he has some great ideas. But saying Eli Roth was a good person really wasn't one of them. Reservoir Dogs was a good one. I don't know why I'm talking in such monotone way. Reservoir Dogs was a good one. 
You can pretty much predict everything I'm going to say anyway. What were you on about the other day? The, um, Will is carrying... Interesting, the, uh, the serial killers. Zodiac? No, the other guy. The guy who cuts people's torso. Ted Bundy? The torso. The torso killer. The torso killer or something. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me about that and just thinking, Will, you seriously need help. Well, admittedly, serial killers are interesting. Like, I've severely researched the history of the band Mayhem, which are famous for, um, for their lead singer dying and then Euronymous making a stew out of Dead's brain. That's the guy who cut off the ear. Oh, yeah, yeah. This really doesn't make for good podcasting. I've just shown James the DVD of Reservoir Dogs because he's never seen it, but we're going to rectify that at some po- point. Times. Um, suggest another topic, Will. I can't think anymore. Um, let's think. The most fucked up music you've listened to, Stuart. Okay, there's this porn star called Sasha Gray, I think it's called. <laughs> she's one of few porn stars who can actually be called star because she's actually acted in some proper films, including ones by Steven Soderbergh, by the way. Steven Schuberg? Yeah, you'll have... Steven Schuberg me go film. They go to the picture. Um, George Cooney, uh, Mickey Mouse. Um, releasing big cinema, country, country, theaters, uh, so ticket, $799 plus tax. Uh, big, big film. Bucks of his miss. Critical acclaim. Critical acclaim. Uh, basically, it, it, it it's a big, it's a big film. Highest remake of nine sixty film. Uh, Ocean Eleven, Ocean Twelve, Ocean Fourteen, Ocean Fourteen, Ocean Fifteen, Ocean Sixteen, Ocean Seventeen, Ocean Eight, Ocean Nine. We're going to go all the way to Ocean Twenty. Ocean Twin will be our last one, and it'll be so big. Uh, it'll be so big. It'll make us so, so. It'll be so big. It'll uh, just unbelievable amount of money. Self-referencing, something you should never do if you want to keep new listeners that are just downloaded. Hey, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna download a podcast. Click. So, Will, you know what the funniest thing about rape is? Me. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the first thing you hear. Um, Sasha Gray, she makes her own industrial music. Well, they call it industrial. Here's an impression of what it sounds like. Here's me singing the lyrics, if you were. It basically sounds like her farting into a microphone. That is the most fucked up music I've ever listened to. Plus, there is a band out there who actually do... it. Uh, the, Sasha Gray's music isn't it isn't actually her farting into a microphone. There's actually a band out there who is actually farting into a microphone. It's a band called Diarrhea Humiliation. It's basically a load of black metal going and the sounds are going It's fucked up. So yeah, most fucked up music you've ever listened to, Will. Most fucked up music I've ever listened to. Most fucked up music. Most fucked up music. 
All the leaves are, all the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray, and the sky is gray. I've been for a walk on a winter's day. I'll be safe, and I'll be safe and warm. If I was in L.A., if I was in L.A., California dreams on a winter's day. There's um, Cannibal Corpse, I Come Blood. Uh... The Slipknot is the one, I'm going to slit your throat and fuck the wound. No, there's another one. Uh, Screen No Band. Bring Me the Horizon. It could be them. Their shit, but yeah. Another another band you can think of. Um, Gojira. Gojira? Gojira. Are Gojira playing... Gojira. Gojira. Are they playing at Sonosphere this year, do you think? Tomorrow, an update, it's Steak and Blowjob Day. Oh, tomorrow, today is Steak and Blowjob Day, actually. They're pretty much the same thing. What, a Steak and a Blowjob? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> I once got a expletive deleted <laughs> off Exploded deleted. Because that way it, it really adds to the impact. No, no, no. I was I was I was I was going further back than her. Oh right. As in Yeah. Oh I enjoyed it at the time. What are you doing? Um, something. You fucking pirate. Gar. I have stolen your laptop. You love angry pirate. Who? You love the sex position, angry pirate. <laughs> what, were you punt? Were you kick him in the leg? Kick him in the leg and punch him in the eye? <laughs> yes. You like you like the sex position um, superhero, where where you spunk on their back and then spunk on the sheets and stick them together. Will like Arabian goggles. <laughs> Explain and pink eye. Explain Arabian goggles. Arabian goggles is where you put someone over, teabag their eyeballs with your I just tuned out of this conversation for about 30 seconds and I just came in again with the words teabagging eyeballs. The weirdest entry point to any conversation I've ever entered into. Yeah. What are you looking up? 
You're going to recite these lyrics in the most upright Shakespearean accent ever. Right. Okay, this is going to be the end of the show then. So I think we should... To, to play us out, it's me. So I think um, this is goodbye from me, Will. Goodbye from... Stuart! And goodbye from that sexy beast that is... Cheers, Bowen! Hooray! <laughs> uh, yo, yo. <laughs> and it's just popped up with something, so one moment. Bear with... Bear with, bear with. Bear with, bear with. Bear with. Devil, mate. Devil. What the fuck have you got on here? Nicki Minaj, stupid hoe. I'll find... You fucking idiot. One minute. Stuart will have to edit this bit out because I've got to look for it. Unless James says something funny, but I doubt that because James is about as unfunny as a carrot. <laughs> so nasty. I love you. No, carrots are pretty fucking funny. I get it cracking like a bad back bitch talking she the queen. When she looking like a lab rat. I'm Angelina, you Jennifer. Come on, bitch. You see where Brad at? Ice my wrists. And I piss on bitches. You suck... My Disney, if you take this jizzes. <laughs> you don't like them disses give my ass some kisses. Yeah, they know what this is. Given this the business. Because I pull up and I'm stunting. But I ain't a stunt man. Yes, I'm rocking Jordans, <laughs> but I ain't a jump man. Bitches play the back, because they know I'm the front man. Put me on the dollar, because I'm who they trust in. I-O-S-B. What's the fuck's, what's the fuck's good? We ship platinum. Dem bitches a shipping wood. Them nappy-headed hoes. But my kitchen good. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish a bitch would. You stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. You a... <laughs> you a stupid... <laughs> you a stupid hoe. You a... You a stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. Yeah, you a... You a stupid hoe. Say it again. You, <laughs> you a stupid hoe. You are. You a stupid hoe. Stupid. Stupid. You a stupid hoe. You a stupid. 
You are, you are stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. You are stupid hoe. You are, you are stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. You are stupid hoe. Yeah, you are. You are stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. Look, bubbles. Go back to thou habitat. MJ gone and I ain't having that. How you gon' be the stunt double to a nigger monkey? <laughs> Top of that, I'm the phantom looking hella chunky. Ice my wrists, and I piss on bitches. <laughs> you can suck my Disney if you take this jizzes. <laughs> you don't like them disses, give my ass some kisses. Yeah, they know what this is, given this is the business. Because I pull up in that Porsche, but I ain't a Rossi. Pretty bitches only can get in my posse. Yes, my name is Roman. Last name is Zelansky. But I ain't no relation to Roman. Polanski. Hey yo, baby bop. <laughs> Fuck you and your EP. Who's gassing this hoe? BP? <laughs> hmm. Thinks. One, two, three. To the Nicki Minaj blink. Cause these hoes so busted. Hoes is so crusty. These bitches is my sons, and I want custody. Hose so busted. Hose is so crusty. These bitches is my sons, and I want custody. You a stupid hoe. You are, you a stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. You are. You a stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. You are. You stupid hoe. You stupid. You a stupid hoe. Yeah, you are. You a stupid hoe. You a stupid hoe. You are. You a stupid hoe. Stupid, stupid. You a stupid hoe. You are. You a stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. You are stupid hoe. You are. You are stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. You a stupid hoe. Yeah. You are. You a stupid hoe. You stupid, stupid. If you cute, then the crew can roll. If you sexy, eat my cocoa. Raw. That says Kuka. Which is vagina. Put your cape on. You a super hoe. Oh, yeah. 2012. I'm at the Super Bowl. Stupid hoes is my enemy. Stupid hoes is so whack. <laughs> Stupid hoe should have befriended me. Then she could have probably come back. Stupid hoes is my enemy.
Stupid hoes is so whack. <laughs> Stupid ho should have befriended me. Then she could probably come back. You're a stupid hoe. You're a stupid hoe. You're a stupid hoe. And I ain't hit that note. But fuck you, stupid hoe. Yeah, fuck you, stupid hoe. I said fuck a stupid hoe. Yeah, fuck a stupid hoe. I said fuck a stupid hoe. Yeah, fuck a stupid hoe. I said fuck a stupid hoe. Yeah, fuck a stupid hoe. I am the female wheezy. Represent. Is there something you're not telling us, Will? Because you sounded a bit too enthusiastic when you were saying "fuck a fuck a stupid." <laughs> I am an actor. True. Will will be soon be performing in the street version of Macbeth. I play Lady Macbeth. No, MC Lady Macbeth. Pardon. Macbeth as Devo. You want me to read a bit of Macbeth as Devo? That will have to be the end of it. Right. Macbeth speech. Right, this point in the play, Macbeth just found out his wife's dead. And I'm going to read this as Devo. She should have died hereafter. There would have been a time for such a word. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Creeps is this petty fa- pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted falls the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walt in shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his heart upon the stage. And then it's heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sand and fury, signifying nothing. Yeah, devil, mate, devil. There is a whole massive market for, um, like, speeches read in accents which completely conflict with the, uh, with the seriousness of them. Like, I do this one on my show, which is basically Kurt Cobain's suicide note read in a comedy Cockney accent. People, basically my downloads completely dropped off the chart for that episode. And now, because I have to... One minute. One minute. One minute. One minute. Control F. King. Oh, fucking bastard. Um... And now, because I have to read something that makes me happy, um, yeah, rather than you, I'm going to end this with a speech from my favourite play. I, every inch a king, when I do stare, see how the subject quakes. I pardon that man's life. What was thy cause? Adultery. Thou shalt not 
die, die for adultery, no. The wren grows twit, and the small gilded fly does lecher in my sight. Let copulation thrive, for Gloucester's bastard son was kinder to his father than my daughters got tween the lawful sheets. Twit luxury pell-mell, for I lack soldiers. Behold yon simpering dame, whose face between her forks presages snow, that minces virtue and does not shake the head to hear of pleasure's name. The fitue nor the soiled horse goes to it with a more righteous appetite. Down from the waist they are centaurs. Thou women all above, but to the girdle do the gods inherit. Beneath is all the fiends, there's hell, there's darkness. There is the sulphurous pit, burning, scalding, stench, consumption. Fie, 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 pa, pa. Give me an ounce of civet, good apothecary, to sweeten my imagination. There's money for thee. Hey, King Lear. Oh, yeah. You a stupid hoe. <laughs> Fuck thou. <laughs> I purred my vow. And that's the end of the rank cast for this week, because... Well, for the, well, until the next one's recorded, because it probably won't. It'll be more than a week, because Stuart's gay. I would say something bitchy in a fake um, camp accent, but I feel like I'm above that. You are always better when you're on top. Ooh, bitchy. Next time on Will and Stu's Rankcast, we will be delving into that deeply intellectual subject matter, which you can probably predict by this point. Yep, that's right. We'll be reviewing the epic, epic, epicness that is based on a novel, if you could call it that. Slash fiction, that's what I call it. Well, we will be reviewing that ever so... Yeah, my farts. We will be it reads like Will's farts and watches like Will's farts. We will, we will be, we will be reviewing the epic that is the adaptation of the award-winning bestseller, The Black Dahlia by James Elroy. Of course, we will. Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer. Oh fuck you. I'm Will. I'm Stuart. James. Yeah, right, okay. He just says it he just says his own name. He doesn't introduce himself. Bye bye. 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 You meant to say something funny. Bye. Horses. William! <laughs> <laughs> Don't